0: Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told through the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Hear your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. I'm your host, Fred, that great theme music by Roger Gregg of Crazy Dog Audio Theater. And yes, my dear listeners, here I am releasing a tardy. Episode um, for what it's got to be only the third or fourth time in radio drama revival history. I am hoping that you will forgive me, uh, particularly in light of the very cool new projects coming down the pike for Halloween, which is where all my attention has been going to. Lately, um, the culmination in this year, um, the uh, consummation on Halloween night, is an event called Transcontinental Terror. We'll be hearing a festival of audio from six of audio drama's top producers, kicking off in jolly old England with the Wireless Theater Company's new 3D Horror Fi effort, and then moving across the ocean and across America as the train of terror winds its way to the Pacific Ocean. Um, groups in each of the time zones as we go ultimately to Pacific Standard Time. I have been plugged in myself, uh, plugged in in the sense of to my computer, working on a new hour-long feature of my own that will debut that night. It is the pilot episode of a new series. Um, My first original series, the most ambitious thing I've done, and maybe one of the more ambitious things To be done Um, in the world of audio recently, um, we've got things like uh, the Wormwood or the Leviathan Chronicles are kind of uh, what I'm comparing this to in scope. It's called The Cleansed, a 30-episode serial. It'll be a creation of three seasons, um, each season about five hours, plus this hour-long serial. So 15, 16 hours of uh, audio before we're done. It'll be a good time. (laughs) Ought to keep me pretty busy here for a while. Um, The pilot f- episode follows the cast characters who survive a man-made apocalypse to start a new society um the series itself is about a struggle of the children of the survivors to find meaning in a damaged world um anyways we'll get on to the feature feature show this week in just a moment but to treat you for your patience um is this teaser from the piece a sample uh just hot off the pro tools in um, call from the cleansed pilot episode in it a band of national guard troops tries to defend an abandoned walmart while an angry mob gets uh, violent enjoy
1: David, we've got to say something to these people. I was just speaking with Lieutenant Proffitt. That jackass? Excuse me? Sorry. He's a bit hot-headed, that's all. Yeah, well, we got instructions to get back to base. Jesus, are you sure? They might have that place totally wrecked. Hey, who's that guy on the radio? A loose cannon kid. Hey, where are your parents? He sounds mean. Don't worry, we'll deal with him soon. Oh, bull, some hillbilly's handing your ass to you. Excuse me, sir, that's not called for. I've got a baby at home. You're the ones who
2: told us to come here, who told us it was safe.
1: Look, ma'am, we still have food, supplies. We're doing everything we can to take care of the... Everyone, please, just just hold on a moment. We're working on the situation. Now, just stay calm. We're aware that a rogue element has taken over the radio station. And, And we're doing everything we can to shut it down. Now, we're not certain of the extent of their influence, but the preliminary report suggests those that those got you licked. That's why. Yeah. Listen, listen. I've been talking with my higher ups, and we've decided to move to a safe haven, a place that will be safe from the rebels while we regroup. Now, if you just please back off while we organize,
3: you're gonna get us all killed. Look,
1: we're soldiers. We're here to protect you. And that's our only job. I hope you'll come with me. I want to go home my baby. You're going to make me leave my baby. No, I didn't say that. It's just that it's not safe. You're telling us that we can't go back to our home? I'm not ordering you to do anything. I'm trying to protect you. Listen, people, we need to calm down. Always Everyone, stand down. You're currently breaking the law.
3: Screw the law. i a liar.
1: All right, I need to stop. David, you can't buy a title. Line. Damn it.
4: Please. Please, sir, you have to help me get my baby.
1: You still have a child at home? Yes. Okay. Okay. We need to get all of you to somewhere safe. Gun! Hey, hey, put down the gun, man. What about my second amendment asshole? He said, "Put it down." Now this is no time to play, John Wayne. We are authorized to use force if necessary. Big man, big man got to piss on the little man to prove he's still the alpha dog. Ain't that right? Drop it! Last warning. The second dog suddenly got a big old bite taken out of him. Oh God! the oh, 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 hell? killed oh, The hell did you do? Oh, oh, I was thr- thre- I was threatened. I was defending myself. He shot a civilian. But I warned him. He, yeah, he had a gun. Oh yeah. Jesus, yeah. Chris! So, but we need to get so, the hell out of here. Ma'am, ma'am, are you coming? Yes! Alright, who's with me? You? You? Alright, right, and you guys.
2: Okay, that's that's
1: maybe a dozen of us. Ma'am, where's your home?
2: Stillwater park.
1: Chris, you lead the way. Keep cover fire minimal. And Chris. Chris, are you with me? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm listening. For God's sakes, keep your gun down. But I need you to leave us, Chris. Chris, can you do that for me? Yeah, David. We're going to make it through this. Of course. I mean, mean, sure, no problem. The rest of you, stay close, stay low, stay quiet. And listen to what we have to say. Keep quiet and we'll all make it through this. It's a police state! A goddamn police state! Move,
0: everyone, move!
1: There's not much time! I'm going. I don't care about you guys.
0: And that was a preview of the cleanse coming to you Halloween night matinee performance will be at 7 p.m. on Eastern time on Transcontinental Terror, the uh, main stage performance. Um, Plan will really broadcast and debut is 9 p.m. Eastern on WKIT in Bangor, Maine, at also 9 p.m. on WMBG FM in Portland, Maine. Very exciting, and also very excited to feature the work of another great audio. Group today. This is a piece produced by Jack Ward, founder and co producer with the lovely Shannon over at the Sonic Society, the other podcast you absolutely must be subscribed to if you're into contemporary audio drama. I'm sure you're probably are already quite aware of this. Um, anyways, like me, Jack's a producer as well as a promoter of audio drama. Um, and here's one of his originals. From the production company Electric Vicuna comes a work from the series Shadowlands Theater, Dark Fantasy and Suspense Anthology series. The tale you're about to hear is called Remote possibility about a man who tries to save the world and loses himself instead. runs about 45 minutes. I'll catch you at the end of it. Enjoy.
3: There is a land that's somewhere beyond the horizon. You may catch a glimpse of it when the sun sets or in the moments before dawn. It's the twilight that flickers at the edge of imagination. Somewhere between reality and fantasy. It's the place where monsters roam. And portals to other worlds wait in the back of the closet, and in the crevices of your mind. Welcome to the
0: Shadowlands. <music>
3: Samuel Hendricks has a gift. As he begins a new chapter in his life, he's about to discover that being rare does not necessarily protect you from the deepest, darkest fears in the Shadowlands.
5: You are now in what we like to call the Vault, Mr. Hendricks. Actually, it's Doctor. Doctor? Really? Oh, well, Doctor. Oh, well, Doctor, this is Doctor Naomi Rice. She will be your handler for this assignment. I'm sure the doctor and you, doctor, will have lots to
6: talk about.
4: A pleasure. I've been looking forward to meeting you. Unless
6: you've got some insight in the current crisis in the Middle East or the Ivory Coast, I'm afraid I won't be much of a conversationalist. I'm sorry? I have a poli doctorate.
4: I believe yours is in medicine? No. I mean, well, yes, but behavioral psychology. Oh,
6: I understand advanced techniques for prying information out of the enemy.
4: That's not exactly... You'll find I'm
6: not much up for bamboo under the fingernails or sodium pentothal at five paces, Doctor. No one gets hurt with my Uh, While she's only a civilian in our facilities, Dr.
5: Rice has the highest security clearance here in the vault, Dr. Hendricks. I have been told it's paramount that you are given everything you need to prepare for the retrieval. Yes,
6: yes. It's rather dark in here. This chamber won't do at all. The lighting is all
5: wrong. This isn't our lab, Doctor. This is just the staging area. Our entranceway, if you will. If anyone could get through the 500 miles of desert tundra, the anti-personnel mines, high-voltage electric fences, and crack squads of rangers to get into our underground facility, they would still need to get beyond this entrance. There are slots for sarin gas and the elevator, or lift, as you say in your country, has a magnetic lock. If necessary, we can blow the entire top of the mountain down on anyone here before they can even try to open the elevator doors.
6: How welcoming. However, sir, I have not been in England for a very long time. I've been living in America for nearly 11 years and not traveled from its soil until I was whisked off by your helicopter to this place. We're in Mexico, aren't we?
5: Nearly a thousand feet straight down before we reach the First Habitat Center. We keep the main laboratory at the lowest level in our priority secure sectors. Dr. Rice will make certain you have a red badge to... A Colonel... A Lieutenant
6: uh, Colonel... Lieutenant Colonel switch. I'm not exactly certain why I'm here in the first place. I've never worked with the military before, nor am I inclined to do so now. My work has been very public and autonomous. Up until this point, Dr. Hendricks. And you've been able to work that
5: way because it has been in Uncle Sam's best interest to allow your institute the opportunity to do so.
6: What does my uncle have to do with it?
5: (laughs) Uncle Sam... The good old
6: U.S. of A. Well, despite that, I'm only here at the courtesy and request of the director of Mindscape,
5: Dr. Suffel. Dr. Emmanuel Suffel recognized that the nation's needs come before an individual's rights, Dr. Hendricks. I'm certain you will make the right choice soon enough, too. Dr. Rice. Sir. I realize that Dr. Hendricks's arrival has been a little premature for you to have everything in place. However, I will expect to see a demonstration of Dr. Hendricks' techniques at 1900.
4: Yes, sir. We'll be ready, sir.
5: I'll bring Dr. Hendricks to see you shortly. Dr. Hendricks, please allow me to show you Central Command. Uh, That would
6: contravene your security, wouldn't it? Oh, not at
5: all. In fact, I think it would do you well to get an idea of exactly everything that's at stake here. And besides that, you can imagine we know everything about your life at this time, Doctor. Everything? That's Corcom. It's where we maintain a 24-7 connection with the Pentagon and all the UN's battle-ready operations. If there's a blip to be found... One friendly nation discovers it, all the Allies... Interesting. I knew about your birthplace, and of course that you haven't been there for a long time. Keep it all up here. All the damned computers in the world won't ever replace the workings of the human mind.
6: No argument there.
5: I have a fascination for British history and sociology, you know. Ah, but none of the Lord Nelson or Duke of Wellington fare every top brass jockeys around their favorite leaders in history. But do you know what the problem is with memorizing each step of the Napoleons and Robbles of the world? What? They were men tailored for their age. Their reach was beyond their grasp. And you can be certain that a man running to make an impossible jump from one side of a chasm will leap far further than he's ever done before with everything on the line, but... Oh, that's the civilian listening post. From there, we monitor all radio frequencies licensed and unapproved for information. Well, he'll still fall. It's still an impossible jump. Indeed. Exactly right. Have you heard of a Harriet, Dr. Hendricks?
6: No, sir. I'm not familiar with that term.
5: It's a legal term defined under the feudal system. It describes a debt paid to a lord from a dead man. Any debts given to an heir, on the other hand, were a relief... And, in a way, I feel that those generals of the past have owed us a Harriet. But the debt is not in blindly following down their same footsteps. We gather the knowledge of what they could not see, but carried with them at all times. What was that, sir? Well, for each it was different. For some it was their trust in those around them that was their undoing. For others, their blind belief in themselves and ignoring what was happening around them. Arrogance and delusions. That's the security monitors there. You'll notice that they have almost a hive sense, with multiple monitors sensing everywhere around us. Impressive. Strangely enough, an inferiority complex was at the root of most of the great rulers. Height. (laughs) If I told you that size reduction was the chief emblem of the powerful, you'd think me strange. Oh, I don't know, sir. I've never met a woman who didn't want a tall man. (laughs) Oh, well, yes, well, that's biology. I'm talking about greater powers. Motivation. Ambition. Napoleon. Hitler. Alexander the Great. Even the leading men of Hollywood throughout the years were short by anyone's standards.
6: You're over six feet yourself, though, aren't you, Colonel?
5: Yes, I'm afraid good looks and Viking height are the cross my family has been
6: forced to bear. Well, if only everyone were (laughs) burdened so.
5: (laughs) You would think. Uh, But there's never an indigence of beauty in the world, and unused talent is almost a proverb. It is those things we lack most. Those things that represent the imperfections of our character that define us. What's your Harriet, Dr. Hendricks? What is the debt carried on to you from those who have passed on?
6: I... I... I don't know.
5: Well, that is something to talk about over a dram of grog when all this is over. In the meantime, I can see my attention is needed here. I'm certain Dr. Rice will be waiting for you. Let me just... There. The elevator will take you directly. I will join you shortly.
6: Thank you, sir.
4: Hello, Dr. Hendricks. Please don't get out. We're just going one more level down. We've got your room set up, according to your specifications.
6: Which certainly has some very eccentric ideas.
4: Did some of what he said make you uncomfortable?
6: What did the lieutenant colonel call you?
4: Dr. Naomi Rice. No.
6: My handler. Is that how you see me, that I need handling?
4: I think that's how the military sees it. I'm not part of their structure directly, but I've been here long enough to glean the euphemisms. Is that how you see it, Dr. Rice?
6: Do you think I need handling?
4: No. I mean... Well, it's your chambers are just around here.
6: Oh, I thought the habitat level was above.
4: Oh it is. However, we've made special arrangements to keep you separate from the other scientists, as pre your request, and closer to the lab.
6: Well, thank you. Uh, there you are.
4: Uh, I must say your choice in pets is unusual. I've never known someone to have a lizard as a pet.
6: Gilamonster. I don't know why it's so unusual. I find them comforting.
4: That makes one of us. It doesn't purr, and the flickering of its tongue gives me the willies.
6: Lizards are not like people. They react to stimuli and pure instinct. They know what to do, no matter where they are, and aren't hampered by the kinds of rules, regulations, and bizarre morality codes that keep government agencies locked up in the basement floors of distant Mexican mountains fighting against known and yet unseen enemies for a parcel of land that has no intrinsic value other than it comes from the wild fairyland of what was once yours is now mine, once upon a time.
4: I'm getting an instinctive feeling myself. Perhaps your lizard friend is not the only one with such an ability.
6: No. We've just stopped listening to the sense of our lizard brains. Haven't we, Alex? And the answer, by the way, is no. No? No. I don't need a handler. I don't need a wet nurse. And I bloody well don't need to be poked and prodded at by someone with a doctorate in behavioral psychology.
4: Perhaps I should leave you to get acquainted with your new surroundings. Oh,
6: uh, look... Maybe we should see this room you've set up with my specifications.
4: All right. Please follow me, Dr. Hendricks. Uh, Sam,
6: please. I've never been one to stand on formality.
4: Naomi, then.
6: Well, which way, Naomi?
4: Through here, just on the right of the corridor. You're bringing Alex?
6: Well, sure. Two strangers in a strange land. I'm impressed. This chamber is set up exactly to my specifications.
4: Pale gray walls, no designs, no symbols, hard flooring. The ceiling is concave, however. Will that be a problem?
6: Oh, it's a simple black, it shouldn't be. Unusual to have such shape, though.
4: Oh, well, this has been our observatory up until this point.
6: Observatory? Deep in this underground base? What could you observe? Bat-mating rituals?
4: (laughs) Hardly. One second. Stay right here... I just have to flip the switch in the booth, and you'll see what I mean.
6: Oh, that's incredible. It looks like we're outside. I I mean, the whole ceiling is like we're looking up to the stars. How'd you pull that off? Are we just in some kind of planetarium?
4: No, those are the real deal. The ceiling is made of polymer of some sort with microfibers built in it. It looks like a neural net of a brain, kind of, or so I'm told. At the top of the mountain, there are right now five high-powered sensors combing the sky. The sights are captured in audio-video feeds and sent all the way down here. A computer takes the images and creates a composite of the entire sky. It goes through the mesh on the ceiling and assigns the proper coordinates for each part, so we get a nearly synchronous data image. Of course, the telescopes really work most effectively at night, and that's when we do most of our research down here, so most of the staff are pretty much night owls. Uh,
6: what is the military doing studying stars deep in a secret base in Mexico? Uh,
4: the chair is to your specification, Sam. It it reclines completely back, almost like a bed, but you have full mechanical control. It's not automated. There are counterweights and quiet gears, just as you asked for. Even the arms move outwards, and you've got a neck and leg rest.
6: Did Colonel Brackenswitch tell you what it's for?
4: Lieutenant Colonel Brackenswitch hasn't briefed me on your mission. But with the chair and the quiet, nondescript environment, even the monitoring booth in place, you are involved in dream therapy and or regression techniques.
6: I see you have a box for Alex here, too. You
4: did request it.
6: There you go, boy. You look about as jet-lagged as I feel.
4: Everything in here is as you wished. Even the microphones and speakers, 47 in all, I believe. Embedded in the ceilings, walls, and floor. Highly sensitive and able to be adjusted from the monitoring booth and back.
6: (laughs) The moon, Doctor. Uh, The moon? When they recruited me for this, I asked for the moon. I hoped it would deter the government from bringing me here. At the very least, give me the minimum of what I needed. And? And instead of just the moon, you gave me all of the stars. Very impressive, Naomi.
4: We were told you required the very best. <clears throat> A Lieutenant Colonel, sir. I've just been showing Dr. Hendricks around the observatory lab, sir. I can see that, Doctor. Dr. Hendricks!
5: I can also see you found the cardboard box for your... iguana. Are you sure it's really necessary to have that thing in here? I'm uncomfortable about having to maintain pets in a highly classified facility.
6: Giller Monster, Lieutenant Colonel. And Alex, that's his name, relaxes me. Now, if we're going to do this right, I think we both agree that I need to be relaxed.
5: Well, I'm here for a demonstration. Dr. Rice. Sir? Coordinates, Dr. Rice?
4: For what, sir? If I may ask. Well, there's more. Relative location, protocols, even date and time... I'm not familiar. Uh,
6: Please don't repeat them at this time, Doctor. It's part of the double-blind method.
4: Double-blind?
6: I'm a remote viewer, Naomi.
4: You mean like a psychic? But that's...
5: Impossible. Yes, we know, Doctor. Just as we also know that the military has been using remote viewers, such as Dr. Hendricks here, for nearly 40 years. However, this is a special case. Our normal RV technicians aren't able to gather useful information.
4: Useful information? On what, sir?
5: It's better that you don't know for the moment, Dr. Rice. That's why you're here. It's felt that your understanding of human behavior will help monitor Dr. Hendricks's reactions.
4: Is there a specific reason I should be prepared?
6: Uh, Let me assure you both. Remote viewing is neither quackery nor is it dangerous. Anyone with enough training can become a good remote viewer. Accuracy depends on truly being able to detach yourself enough from distractions to recognize and deduce the symbology.
4: Deduce the symbology? But is all this possible?
5: That's what we're here to determine, Doctor. Please enter the booth. Dr. Hendricks, this is your first test of your abilities. I'll remain here with Dr. Rice to monitor your progress. Sam? When you're ready, Dr. Rice.
4: Yes. Yes, sir. Are you ready, Sam?
6: Uh, Nearly. Give me a moment for some brief relaxation techniques. Hey there, Alex. Well, it looks like we're about to do it again. You with me, boy?
5: Do you normally have time to play with your pets during these sessions, Dr. Hendricks?
6: It's part of the relaxation technique, Lieutenant Colonel. Studies have shown that anything from tabbies to fish can actually lower stress and raise alpha brain wave stimuli.
1: There.
6: Alex, just wait there and dream of a hot day with lots of bugs. Okay.
4: There. Do you want me to read out the coordinates now?
6: Yes, Naomi. They should be ordered appropriately.
4: Very well. April 13th, 2003, 2.05 p.m., Westmore, Virginia. Protocols Basic SRV Type 5, Target Coordinates 3201-4416. 4, 4,
6: My first ideogram indicates the target involves water. The shape is flat, but hard and man-made, not like an ocean front, far smaller The second image, I perceive, is also man-made. A structure similar in length, somewhat square and portable. There are circular objects not connected laying on top. I perceive sunlight and a light wind. The air is humid, but not from the surrounding water. I feel a hardened surface like tile, and a surrounding structure, man-made. There are two entities here, low understanding of subspace and a high recognition of physical limitations and priority. One entity is small. I intuit childlike tendencies in his physical form, although he has greater attunement to subspace energies than the other. The entities are focused, but the object of their focus is neither spiritual nor intent on exceeding material gains. They are instead focused on a battle of wills, yet neither are present. Both entities are distracted. This
4: is ridiculous. What is... Doctor, let me assure you. Sam, can you understand exactly what they are thinking?
6: I am executing a deep probe on the smaller of the target subject's mind. He... he is uncomfortable. He is young. There is a sense that he does not connect with the other entity, but has a familiar relationship to him. He would rather be doing something else. He...
4: What is it, Sam?
6: I intuit a deck... I deduce a pool with furniture around. A father and son, or grandfather and grandson, are around a table playing a game. Checkers. The son was... was... wanting to swim.
4: Sam? Sam, are you okay?
6: Yeah. The session is over. I just... uh, I have a little headache. It sometimes occurs after I'm suffering from jet lag. Fascinating. Just fascinating. Did you hear that, Dr. Rice?
4: Yes, sir. Although I'm not entirely certain that it means anything.
5: Please join us in the observation room. Congratulations, Dr. Hendricks. I've worked with some top RV techs, but I've never seen someone present a more accurate picture before.
4: I beg the lieutenant colonel's pardon, but as a scientist, I have to say that there is very little in that demonstration that could be considered remarkable... A brief exchange between a father or grandfather and son in which neither understand the other while playing a game on a pool deck?
5: Not just any people involved, Dr. Rice. When you go back to your office, you will find a sealed package addressed to you from my wife. I had her send to you a family video. In it, you will see our back patio, our pool, our table. My son and I sitting down and playing a game. Checos? Go, Actually. But that was a relatively easy mistake to make. All the important features were there. The subjects involved, the environments...
4: And their states of minds. Of course,
5: the video is not exactly the time in question. But I remember very clearly the details of that particular
6: day. Excuse me, I'm finding myself far more taxed than I had originally considered.
5: Certainly, Doctor. Doctor Rice will escort you to the canteen. There's a 24-hour kitchen there.
6: Perhaps it will pass. If I just rested here...
5: I'm afraid there's not much time for that. Although this is a security-pacified section of the base, it's my duty to inform you that currently our military forces across the globe have moved to DEFCON 3.
4: Lieutenant Colonel!
5: My apologies, Doctor, for not speaking sooner, but we're in a situation that is growing critical. If I had spoken earlier, it might have influenced the test. As it is right now, I believe Dr. Hendricks has passed with flying colors. We're going to move to the next target in 20 minutes.
4: Yes, sir. But sir,
5: I I still am not convinced- Naomi, there is no time for second-guessing. We are looking at a potential imminent attack with a possible nuclear intensity level threat. Have Dr. Hendricks ready in 18 minutes.
4: Is it always like that? Like what? The remote viewing. You always get so drained. You look nearly white as a sheet. No,
6: not usually. Certainly not for many years. I'll be all right.
4: Hmm.
6: Coffee is good.
4: We have it flown in. If we're at DEFCON 3, you'd better savor it. When it comes down to cookie-making coffee, you might prefer to drink the battery acid from the motor pool instead.
6: You do that a lot? What? Make jokes when you're nervous.
4: What makes you think I'm nervous?
6: DEFCON 3.
4: Oh, yes. DEFCON 3. DEFCON 3. Well, of course, aren't you?
6: Absolutely. I'm just considering whether it's better knowing the world is at DEFCON 3 or not.
4: That's a funny thing for a remote viewer to say.
6: Why do you say that?
4: I mean, if you can remotely view anywhere around the world at any time, why would you worry? You already know what's going to happen. Haven't you visited the future?
6: Oh, many times. That's the thing, though. What is? Not only have I visited the future many times, I've visited many futures.
4: Doesn't that seem a little unlikely?
6: Not if you've experienced it.
4: I mean, my understanding of science fiction is sketchy, but... Well, if you're able to affect the future, that would mean I can affect the future, too. And with all the possible computations and permutations of everything, how could anyone see the future?
6: You brought me here to the canteen, right? Yes. And I'm drinking this coffee you've given me?
4: Of course. Sam! What?!
6: It's okay. I'll clean it up. Thanks for the mop. Now, when we talk about this, are you going to say it was an accident or it was on purpose? I... And when I just asked you that, didn't I just give you both possibilities and bring to mind more questions of what truly happened? You see, we can't even agree on the past when it occurs in front of us. Well, sure, there are theories. But to know, really know, Aren't we all just intuiting the messages sent to us?
4: I don't... Aren't
6: we all just making our own deductions with the tools we have at hand? Do you know that despite convincing scientific evidence to the contrary... ...eyewitness in court tends to be the most compelling testimony? Why is that? Because we're all so very desperate to believe someone. Because a human face to all the world's suffering is somehow more compelling to us. If we had a sky cam floating across the clouds at the Declaration of Independence, showing in perfect living color and sound those faces of the forefathers of the United States of America lighting up as they put their collective John Hancocks down in quill and ink, it still wouldn't matter. It's the person behind the camera zooming in that frames the important vignettes. It's the mind behind the eye that makes the image, Make sense of it all. Human witnesses make meaning in our world. The future, the past, even the present. It's all highly subjective. We're all at DEFCON 3, or not. Depending on what we know, on the information available to us.
4: I never really thought of it like that. But surely you believe in collective experience. More coffee.
6: Oh, please. Yes, of course, we have that perception. After all, I promise not to drop the cup this time. Or rather, I'll try to be more careful. Now, you ask those around you and they'll suggest a different idea as to the outcome of the last cup. It seems collective experience has its own limitations, too.
4: I actually find what people believe more interesting than the reality of things around them. That's part of why I think I went into my field.
6: Then we're not so very different, are we? Not necessarily.
4: Not necessarily. I mean, I can make the clear difference that what I think is not the same as what truly is. You see a bridge between the two. I see them as more polar opposites.
6: Opposites? How?
4: Well, Jung had believed that there are three principles that govern our perception and behavior. One of them was the principle of opposites.
6: Like polar opposites?
4: Kind of. He figured it out when he was a kid, trying to help an injured baby bird... He saw that while his energy went into saving it, he ended up killing it instead. The poles were there. You can't have good without bad to identify it. Or a black without a white to see the contrast. I
6: I don't understand.
4: Well, in the same way, you can't talk about the nature of reality without talking about the way each of us perceives it. There's a concrete reality, and then there's the images the mind stirs up. And we all walk somewhere in the middle. Finding where someone believes they are and nudging them closer to what reality is, is a good way to keep grounded.
6: Well, actually, that kind of thinking always struck me as somewhat delusional in and of itself.
4: The coordinates of your remote viewing gives you a definitive time and date.
6: The closest to our reality as we can get it.
4: And the protocols?
6: Just some ways of identifying the controls in place. SRV is short for Scientific Remote Viewing, and Type 5 describes a circumstance where neither the controller nor the viewer know the target. Strangely enough, it can be one of the more accurate protocols.
4: I don't really believe any of this. No offense. You have to understand that it all flies in the face of everything I know. As much as we can debate it, reality is not so... Subjective? Well, yes.
6: Ah, actually, Naomi, it's not important you believe. In fact, it's not like some parlor seance. It's actually easier if you don't believe. You can focus on strictly the information I'm giving you and look at it with a jaundiced eye. Not place your own spin on it because you think it might mean a message from your mother or your long-lost aunt or something.
4: You're not suggesting that you talk to the dead?
6: No, of course not. I often find doing that too unsettling. Shouldn't we get back to the observatory?
4: Yes. Yes, of course. The lieutenant colonel will be waiting.
5: Your chair is warmed up and ready for you, doctor, and your lizard is fast asleep. He must think he's outside.
6: Yes, I I can see that. Uh, Lieutenant colonel, if I may... Yes, doctor? I can't pretend to understand the nature of DEFCON 3, nor the kind of strictures you're under. Your point, Doctor? I've mentioned before that remote viewing requires a very relaxed environment to produce accuracy.
5: Thank you, Doctor. I'll take that under advisement. Dr. Rice, are we ready?
4: I have the sealed coordinates as you've left them, sir. Ready whenever Dr. Hendricks is.
6: Well, I'm just waiting for the Lieutenant Colonel to join you, Dr. Rice, and we can begin.
5: <sighs> of course, Doctor?
6: I know, Alex. I'd avoid him by going to sleep if I had the options as well. Relaxation completed. Waiting for coordinates.
4: All right, Sam. June 8th, 2023, 8.05 p.m. Protocols, basic SRV type 5, target coordinate 6721-9113. One, one, but that's... yes.
5: Now, at this very moment. Now focus on Hendrix,
6: Doctor. Blackness. Emptiness. All around. I enchute space. Deep. Dark. There is no life here. Subspace beings cross through nexus junctures, but. but. wait. Energy. Pulsing. Light. Growing in strength. I intuit a beacon. What is the beacon saying, Doctor? Unknown. It's like a reflection. It's growing stronger. Curious. Moving closer. Attempting phase two collection.
4: Sam, are you okay?
6: Yes. Uh, Collection more difficult. Resistant. It's... It's a voice. An entity. It's there...
4: Sam, what is? What is there?
6: Entity. It detects me. Sees my presence. Cannot ascertain its intention. Not human. Thoughts, foreign, wrapped in razor wire. Hurts too. Oh!
4: Sam? Sam, breathe your heart rate. Um, How do you feel?
6: A little unnerved. It's strange. I I haven't felt this way since I first began RV. Usually, I'm able to keep better.
4: Your heartbeat and blood pressure nearly went through the roof. Your brainwaves were erratic. You even stopped breathing for a moment. Your body's been through a terrible stress. You need to lie down. I'm afraid that's just not possible right now, Dr. Rice. Not possible? I understand DEFCON 3 is in place, but if Dr. Hendricks has any chance of answering questions, it's unwise to continue. You saw the kind of stress whatever this remote viewing I
6: think the doctor understands why he can't stop now. Oh, he's right. It's... I couldn't connect, but I have to try again. And right now.
4: Sam, don't you think...
6: It's already begun.
4: What? What has begun? Lieutenant Colonel, where are you going?
5: Turning on the observation
2: cameras.
4: Look! Nearly directly above us. What? Lord, it's nearly as bright as the sun. It's here. We are now
5: on official lockdown, doctors. This is it.
4: What is it? Please, one of you tell me, what is going on? It's
6: alien, Naomi. I don't know what it wants. I just know it's coming here. It has a purpose. The light is a message of some sort, perhaps a message of peace. Or a declaration of war. Oh, there's no reason there is no be-
5: telemetry from NORAD We should be receiving a constant signal from the White House I can't receive any signal beyond the pulse Coming from the alien ship oh, above God. us Nothing on radio, I television or satellites They are all
6: knocked out It's as if there was a gigantic electromagnetic pulse And all of Earth is defenseless Well, if that's true, why aren't we affected? We still have electricity. Even the sensors above are showing the light. This installation has
5: protective shielding against nuclear attack, and that would protect against an EMP. Doctor, we will have to proceed with the worst-case scenario. You need to go back there.
4: Go back? No. Sam? Sam, what if they couldn't find us before, but they were... What if... What if... God, you said they could sense you. What if they were linking in on you somehow? Now,
6: let's just try to figure this out. After all, you don't believe that it's... Sam!
4: Both of you are calling this an alien invasion, if you're right!
6: Perhaps it's just the way they communicate. They could be sending a friendship message, but our technology... You said
4: that their thoughts were wrapped in razor wire. They're malevolent. How can you? Dr.
6: Rice is right, Hendricks. We have to assume they are dangerous. But I can't be sure. It could be that they're just so different from us that... that I can't... They hurt because they are alien, nothing more.
5: Dr. Hendricks, the entire world is silent! We have no way to defend ourselves and only you to possibly speak to them. Find out about their intentions, weaknesses, even to broker terms of a truce or... Sam,
4: think about this. What if they did follow you? They would find us and then what? Where could we hide?
5: This is not up for debate, Doctor. Go to the booth. Dr. Hendricks, prepare to contact the alien again. I've got to check operations. See if there has been any word from the President. Dr. Rice, I will send you the new coordinates for the RV from there. You'd better go to the booth.
4: No. Please, Sam, I'm... don't do it. Please? I just. I just know it will be awful.
6: Go, Naomi. Bracken Switch is right about one thing. Either way, we have to know. He's gone to operations looking for confirmation from the president, and that probably means there's at least one nuke here. If we don't find out something soon, Bracken Switch will use it. Unless the president tells him not to. You
4: can't be sure.
6: You saw the way he looked when he left here, Naomi. That was the look of a man bent on vengeance. He won't care if the alien meant harm or not.
4: All right. All right.
6: Alex. Alex, what's the matter, boy?
4: What? What's wrong?
6: Alex, he's... he's sick. He's barely moving. He's lying on his side. He can't get up on his own even his eyes look glazed
4: maybe he's radiated poisoned oh god we're all going to die alex is the canary in the coal mine and we're next don't we have sensors in
6: this installation to detect radiation poisoning
4: yes yes we do Uh, of course we do but then
6: if it were that we'd know naomi alex could be reacting to something else we'll get him looked at let's just do this
4: Off the observation cameras?
6: No, I can focus on the light. Maybe it'll help. Beginning relaxation. Coordinates, Naomi. Coordinates. Yes. It's so cold. Please, Sam. I feel the entity in the center of it, moving to phase two probe, bypassing phase one, attempts to contact...
4: Oh, God, please.
6: Entity is alien, small, misshapen. Like a child in shape. It, it wants to. Sam? It's It's cold wants something. It wants floating in a stagnant pool so cold peaceful. But it can't be not like this. Not like... It is not physically driven. There is a deeper meaning to this light.
4: Your bio readings are dangerously low. You have to stop, Sam. Let him be,
6: Doctor. He's almost there. I can almost see its face entity sees me. No! Dr. Rice, pull yourself together!
4: No! It's going to find us! It's found Sam! It's coming! It's going to kill us! Stay back! Stay back!
5: Put down that gun! Hand it back to me! Dr. Rice, listen to me! Can't you hear him? The entity has been looking so long. It wants... The alien! He's communing with it! This goes beyond a simple remote viewing session. They are melding together. This could be our
4: chance to find out how we... Stay back! God, no, it's coming. Please, stop it, Sam. Sam, it will come. It will kill us all. Doctor, do not... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I warned you. I told you. Why didn't you listen?
5: Dr. Rice, Naomi, don't... don't interfere.
4: Sam? Sam? Please... please come back to me, Sam. Don't go.
5: Dr. Hendricks,
4: you must go on. I'll be all alone. I don't want to die. Don't let me die, Sam. Sam? Sam!
6: It wants to destroy everything. The entity, the signal. It's meant for me. Disintegrate. I hear its calling to. me. I'm.
2: here.
4: Sam! Sam! Don't you let them! Sam! Come back! Come back to me, Sam! No! No! Can't breathe. Drowning. Don't you dare! You can't leave. You have to stay here. Don't. Sam, come back. Hey, Na- homie. I'm here, Sam. I'm here. Don't leave. I'm here.
6: Bracken switch.
4: He's gone. He's dead. Sam. Sam. It's happening. The base. Being attacked, oh, Sam. Please, I need you. I'm, I'm here. Oh, Sam, Sam. Thank you. Sam, it's okay. It's all okay now. I won't leave you. Promise me you won't leave. Please. heard him speak doctor Mrs.
2: Hendricks your husband has slipped further into a coma I don't believe he could have said anything I'm sorry
4: I'm sorry to disturb you doctor Uh, actually it's Ms. Rice Sam he insisted that I keep my maiden name told me that after 20 years if I still felt like becoming Mrs. Hendricks then he could be certain I wouldn't come to my senses I'm sorry no it's not your fault been a whole year now like this. A whole year. Every day, coming, and... Oh, I was just so sure I heard him. So sure. Maybe it's because I don't... I didn't want to believe I had to... I had to... Your
2: husband's living, Will, was was, was very specific.
4: I know. We talked about it many times, but... Doctor, to lose them both? It's its almost too much to bear. You mean your son? Yes. It was like they both died that day in the pool. The doctors, they said he just couldn't live with the guilt of it all. It
2: was a terrible accident.
4: But I blamed him too. God help me, Doctor, I blamed him too. He left Tommy by the poolside, even if it was just for a moment to get a sandwich. I... (sighs) I... No now it was an accident, but God help me. Doctor, I blamed him. I hated I him. I think he
2: knows you don't blame him anymore, Miss Rice.
4: I don't but it's too late. He just stopped one day. Fell down and wouldn't get up. The strain the guilt. He's been here ever since.
2: And the coma has only gotten worse. And it's time. Miss Rice, it's time.
4: No. I just tried so hard. I tried so hard to communicate with him. To talk to him. It was like he's not there, like he couldn't hear me. But I just wanted to believe I could make him listen, Doctor. I, I wanted to believe I could be a light in his darkness.
2: You tried everything you could. Do you wish to leave the room? I can do this.
4: No. no. I can't let Sam suffer anymore. It'll be all right.
2: Time to say goodbye, Miss Rice. Do you wish me to call anyone?
4: No. No. I'll be fine.
2: Then I will leave you with him for a moment.
4: Thank you. I I won't be long. Uh,
2: Miss Rice, what...
4: What is it, Doctor?
2: You just, well, you never said what you thought you heard Sam say to you.
4: I'm sure it wasn't anything, but, but I almost believe he said... I promise.
3: It is said that while a body may go hungry, only guilt can starve the soul. The distance between two points of love and forgiveness may feel intergalactic in a world that finds no value in being flawed. Even if it is only human. Samuel Hendricks was a man who couldn't accept the frailty of life and the consequences of his mistakes and lost himself within the depths of his own mind left to view the rest of life remotely, from the Shadowlands.
0: And that was Remote Possibility, an episode from the Shadowland series produced by Electric Vaikuna, evicuna.com, evicuna.com, Um if you don't know how to spell that, check out Radiodrum dot com and click on the link. Uh believe me, plenty more for download up there, uh, dozens of shows and um Go enjoy that and stay tuned here for our more of our month long feature of artists in the transcontinental Halloween audio drama Palooza next week our candidate will be uh from Eastern Standard Time, which means it's me uh final room productions final Runes produced several tales of terror um which you've heard if you are a very loyal listener to this pod um if you've not. I think you'll enjoy the treats. Uh, two, we will have uh, Dark Passenger, my nod to the haunted house where I grew up in, um, as well as my first field-recorded piece, uh, recorded in Old Beach, Maine. Then we'll have The Blind Man's Confession, one of the first short stories I ever wrote, as well as my first work of audio horror. And both are still quite creepy. <laughs> um, anyways, um, if you can't wait that long, do check out our blog and podcast, Radiodramarevival.com, latest in audio news. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter, at Radio Drama. Search Facebook, Radio Drama Revival. Of course, we're also on iTunes. Search for Radio Drama Revival. That, however, wraps it up for this week. Radio Drama Revival is produced by yours truly, Fred Greenhalgh. Copyright of individual shows remains that are original producers, but do please share this show as far and widely as you like. Radio Drama Revival originates in on-air radio with WMPG-FM, Greater Portland, Maine's community radio. It is podcast at radiodramarevival.com Is labor love. Till next time, keep your mind and ears open. Thanks for tuning in and have a great week.